Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and man, am I excited to be back. A little bit of a break around the holidays. There was pandemonium and craziness here at OMG Commerce and in the best way, uh, helping our clients crush it for Q4 sales. And, you know, I have a, a whole mess of kids, so the holidays are crazy. So it took a little hiatus from the podcast, but man, I'm glad to be back. And so we're kicking off the new year right. We are talking Amazon and we're going to be looking at some Amazon trends for 2018. Going to be talking about some some things that we believe you should capitalize on when it comes to Amazon for the new year. Going to look at at a few uh, surprising and interesting things that happened uh, here in Q4 for Amazon as that will help influence what we do uh, into the new year. And so I'm really excited about both of my guests today. So I wanted to be able to hit Amazon from two different perspectives. So we brought our our resident Amazon expert on, Chris Tyler. He's our, our lead Amazon specialist. Guy's a rock star. He mainly spends his time in the Amazon ad platform, sponsored product ads, headline ads, uh, enhanced brand content, and the like. And so he's going to be talking about Amazon from the ad perspective. And then good friend of mine, Brandon Andrews, who's the co-founder of Freedom Shark and also an Amazon seller, very successful Amazon seller. He's going to be sharing his perspective as an Amazon merchant and also as a trainer of other Amazon merchants, what his perspective is and kind of what he's seeing. And so this is going to be super helpful and fun. And so let's just let's just dive right in. And, and as we like to do, I think it's good to get a little, little background. So we're going to start with Brandon, it's one of those funny stories. Brandon and I went to church together for years and, and he helped teach my kids. And so I was like, hey, this is a super cool guy. And then one day we were talking and we're like, wait a minute, you do stuff online? Well, I do stuff online too. And so uh, we ended up uh, uh, being able to talk talk shop as well. So uh, Brandon, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get here? What's kind of the brief background? How did you become, you know, the co-founder of Freedom Shark? And then what's your background on, on Amazon? Sure. You know, so uh, <laughs> I, I get this question a lot, Brett, and I'm always, uh, I'm always challenged a little bit of what to say. And, and this phrase keeps coming out and it's, it's probably not the best phrase to use. Uh, but I, I was a corporate slave. That's mm-hmm. generally what I refer, refer to it as. Uh, I worked in the banking industry, the finance industry, the healthcare industry. Um, uh, and it always seemed I, I was at the time when they were in crisis, <laughs> when I would start working for them. So uh, I was accustomed to 50 plus hours a week working uh, from home, which was great. but felt chained to my desk, felt like I, I could never escape you know, the office or my phone that would beat me for emails or my uh, you know, managers requesting information for me. I was on call on the weekends for any technical issues. It, it just wasn't the life that, um, you know, when, when my wife and I got married that we had dreamed of, of having. And so, um, you know, even looking at the next level in those corporate environments, you know, I would quickly see what was required uh, and realize that I was really working towards the wrong thing. I wasn't working towards freedom. I was working towards a salary and a position that ultimately was going to destroy and, and rob me of the freedom to spend time with my family, especially when our kids are young. So um, about three, three and a half years ago, my wife and I really had had enough. We said, we've got to do something different. Uh, and so, you know, I, I believe strongly in, uh, in meeting people for a reason. And I just happened to meet a guy uh, at the church that was visiting 
uh, at the time. And he shared with me how he was selling online, selling on Amazon. He was making really good money. Uh, he had just bought an 8,000 square foot house. He had six kids that he sent to private school. So obviously I was intrigued at, at what he was doing. So he shared a little bit with me. And, and honestly, after researching and starting to learn about uh, the possibility of selling on on Amazon, uh, really the rest is history. We we spent a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how we can make it work for us. We didn't have a lot of money to start. Uh, and so we were just trying to figure out how we could get into this space uh, and at least replace the second and third job that I was working at the time. And so um, that's what we did. We jumped, we jumped with both feet in and really tried to figure out how to make this thing work. And, and within about 10 months of us working this business, I was able to quit my full-time job Man, we have uh, we've made more money than we have ever uh, thought that we could. We've been able to travel and do things that uh, we've never been able to do to, before. And so we're just we're super thankful, super blessed to be uh, at this season of our life and really at this this point in history where people like us with no e-commerce experience can can jump into this space and 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 start our own businesses, become our own boss. And honestly, for us, it was kind of taking that freedom back into our hands. So that's that's really where Freedom Shark was was birthed, was we want to help others experience the freedom that that we've had in owning our own business. Uh, and really our motto is simple, that, that we focus on. We want people to work less, we want them to make more, and we want them to dream big. We've been able to do that in our business. Uh, my business partner in Freedom Shark, he's been able to do that. So uh, we just want to help people uh, realize the, the possibility, the opportunity that's out there, uh, and then help them achieve it. Cool. Very cool. I appreciate that that background. And you are absolutely right. It's a really interesting time, you know, when, when people can start with without a lot of e-commerce experience and, and begin to, you know, really scale up on Amazon. And, you know, we've got a, a diverse audience, you know, that tune into the show. So so a lot of established larger e-commerce companies that are also, you know, a little bit uh, uncertain as to what to do with Amazon. Do we do we go full force on Amazon? Do we kind of hold back because Amazon's more of a frenemy. And so, and then we have others that are, that are mainly Amazon merchants who are maybe looking to diversify. And so I wanted to have you on because you bring a great perspective uh, of an Amazon seller who's doing it the right way. And I've got to observe your business and Nathan's business and, and you guys are, are just crushing it. And uh, you're, you're just doing it the right way with private label and, and, and just a smart approach. So excited to, to pick your brain and dive into this. And so, uh, as I mentioned, we also have our, the OMG Commerce resident, Amazon expert, Mr. Chris Tyler, hailing from Jersey on the Ooh. podcast today. So, <laughs> so Chris, uh, you, you got a little bit different background. You're an SEO specialist turned Amazon ad specialist since you've been kind of living in the Amazon world here now for quite some time. Uh, what do you what do you like about the Amazon ad platform, and and what was that transition like from SEO expert to uh, Amazon ad expert? Yeah. Um, so first off, you know, thanks for having me on. This super pumped to to really talk Amazon with you guys. Um, like you said, I started uh, being an SEO specialist. Um, and interesting enough, um, I actually did seven years in the construction industry um, prior to that. So similar to Brandon, I was working. 60 hours plus, um, really not having time for anything. So when you guys gave me the opportunity, man, I, I just took in a heartbeat. Um, and SEO was great. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it, but I wasn't, I wasn't as big of a fan um, at not seeing the tangible results right away. As you know, Brett, SEO is kind of a long-term game. Yeah, it's, and, a mar it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so when the opportunity presented itself, when OMG was starting to get into the Amazon field, um, and I was able to have first shot at it, uh, after I kind of dug in a little bit, I was like, man, this is this is right down my alley. This is exactly what I, I need. Um, and for me, I tend to look at things from an analytical perspective. Um, and Amazon is really... Chris, you know, Chris Chris can rock the spreadsheet. The dude knows his way around a Google <laughs> Sheet or an Excel spreadsheet. Definitely nerds out on it, which is great. Yeah, I absolutely I do. Uh, it's funny, on, on auto calls we have, I'll go over the spreadsheet using the uh, search term key report, kind of going over what I'm seeing. And usually the, the client is like, man, I can do this, but I hate it. It's so much time. I don't want to be doing this. Um, and, and that's really where I love to, to be within the Amazon platform is really just digging into the data. Um, and so for me, transitioning to Amazon was so natural and really as a job and as, as something I do is it, just very exciting for me to take data, make changes in the ads, see the results, see the new data, you know, make new changes and kind of just uh, as a cycle, just continue to do that and see improvements um, for our clients. Yeah, and one of the things that we've noticed is kind of like we saw back in 2012 with Google Shopping, and we were one of the early adopters with, with the Google Shopping platform. It just worked. As we started launching campaigns, they just worked. And as we got better and better at them, they just they were blowing up. And we're seeing the same thing with Amazon sponsored product ads and other Amazon ad products. And so, yeah, really excited about, about uh, where this is headed. So so let's do this, guys. Appreciate the background. Let's Let's dive in and talk about you know, what were some of the big changes in 2017 that Amazon made? And, and primarily, I want to share this from the perspective of, hey, these are changes that took place, just making sure everyone's aware of them and mainly looking at things that are going to impact us in 2018. So, Brent, let, let's start from you, uh, from, from your perspective. What were some of the, the bigger changes that Amazon made that, that, that had a direct impact on sellers in 2017? Sure. You know, I, as you look at the new features that Amazon continues to bring onto, um, onto their, their space, it's always centralized around brands. And so there, there are lots of ways that you can sell on Amazon. And, and we've chosen that private, private label method of uh, finding products that are already performing well, uh, finding ways that we can enhance those products, obviously at the right price, with the right margins, low competition, high velocity, all of those factors that make a good product a good product. Um, but as you look at, at all the features that they continue to build and release out to third-party merchants, you know, we, we have the ability uh, as brands to really build out our brands on Amazon and, and compete at a high level. You know, so one of the, the big things that Amazon continues to push, and in 2017 that was big, was uh, what they called Amazon stores. And you, and you literally get your own, uh, like your own website within Amazon that you can build all of your products into uh, within that brand that's registered. So they're very, they're very focused on brand registry and, and making sure that uh, they're attracting good brands that are going to generate some good sales, reputable brands. Uh, and it's not just one or two products here and there. And so, you know, really the the big thing in 2017, I see Amazon continuing to do is to build those features around uh, brands. And so private labeling or building brands online on their on their platform, that's going to be the key, I think, for long term success on their site. Uh, it's it's definitely still possible to buy clearance at Walmart or Target or wherever you are and resell that online. But, you know, as we know, the retail space is really struggling. So. Uh, I think this is the the more viable option for the future. So that was a big one, I think, for 2017. Yeah, so far. yeah, absolutely. And and I think you're right that 
you know, there, there are there are options where you can you can uh, clearance stuff on on Amazon, but that's not really a sustainable business. Not in the same way that that private labeling is or having your own branded products. And so, yeah, we're we're really big fans of the Amazon stores as well. And and yeah, I mean, they basically look like an e-commerce store on Amazon. And, and one one great store to to look at to demo is the Amazon Basics store, and and that that's Amazon's own store with their own products, Amazon Basics. But you can build something very similar, and it's pretty easy to do. And so basically, you've got category pages, product pages. It's it's like your e-commerce store, but on Amazon, which is which is pretty powerful. So um, very good. And, and I know Chris Tyler, you've taken advantage of that some as well, and helped people with Amazon stores and with enhanced brand content, which kind of goes with that. But what, what was a, a change in the ad platform that kind of shifted things in 2017? Because I know one of the trends that that Amazon is continually uh, embarking on is, hey, we'll start by offering something to uh, vendor central and then we'll roll it out to seller central and let, let sellers use it as well. But uh, talk about that really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back in August, Amazon rolled out headline ads. Um, and that's also based on brand registry if you are. Um, and that, like you said, that started in Vendor Central, Amazon Marketing Services, and they tend to do that. So they started, you know, back when, I don't even know, a couple of years ago with A-plus content, which eventually became enhanced brand content on Seller Central. Uh, Amazon Storefront's now available on Seller Central. And, and now Headline Ads, which is just another um, way to get your ads out there. And if you're not familiar with that, the way it works is it's basically a banner ad. I don't know if you ever search on Amazon and you see at the top, um, you see that banner as an ad and it usually has three products and ad copy, like a maybe a sentence or so. Um, it's really interesting what you can do with it. Um, first off, the A cost tends to be higher and the CPCs do as well. Um, just the competitive nature of it. Uh, it's normally used as a top of funnel approach, kind of get your brand out there, maybe you have a new product or you want to get your variations of a product out there. Um, we've used that occasionally in that sense, but normally um, we use it as an auxiliary support to basically the sponsored product ads. So we'll make maybe 10 or 20 different headline ads um, to A-B testing, um, use different product variations, and, and kind of see what works. Um, and the idea is that if somebody clicks that headline ad, it'll go to an Amazon listing page with just those three products, um, which will, in theory, um, lead to a higher conversion rate. Uh, like I said, it, it can be tough. So if you're going to do it, you need to keep an eye on it because spank can get away from you. Um, you know, when cost for clicks are $2 instead of $0.50, cents, uh, it can add up quick. Um, one really cool thing that you can do with it is run headline ads to your Amazon storefront. Um, so if you have, you know, a, a huge variety of products and you can't just put them all up there, you know, if it's more than three, um, you write the ad copy about your company or, or just your products in general. And when someone clicks, it goes to your Amazon storefront. Um, we found really good success with that. And again, it's kind of a, a just test approach and see what works, what doesn't. Um, but I'm pretty excited and it's still like in the beginning stages of figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, but I'm pretty high on it. Yeah, and, and just to, to reemphasize that, you know, when you're running sponsored product ads, which, which is kind of the bread and butter, that's what most people that are advertising on Amazon are doing. And we're huge 
uh, proponents of that, it, you know, your ads appear in the search results with all your competitors, right? So if you're selling uh, running shoes and you're bidding on the term running shoes, your sponsored product ad is going to show up with the list of all the others, which is fine. It works. But the headline ads, that's that headline ad across the top. When someone clicks on it, it doesn't take them to a results page with all your competitors. It takes them on a page, it takes them to a page with just your three products or your Amazon storefront, kind of your, your choice there. So pretty powerful, pretty powerful stuff. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about mistakes that are being made. And it's always interesting to me to look at, you know, from an expert's perspective, what, what are the recurring mistakes that you guys see over and over again? Uh, because there's likely some, some listeners that, that are making these mistakes that are still successful, but these mistakes are getting in their way. And, and to make one more Google uh, shopping analogy, back in the early days, you know, 2012 or, or thereabouts, whenever it became a, a paid platform, we found people that were really not doing it well. You know, bad feed, bad structure, but it was still working because it was Google shopping and it just worked. Um, you know, and, and there's probably some of that with Amazon too, where you got some people that are doing okay on Amazon because there's a ton of traffic and conversion rates are high and it's Amazon. But, you know, if we can correct some of these mistakes, we can go from okay to, to just crushing it. So, Brandon, let's, let's start with you. What, what are, you know, two or three or four of the biggest mistakes you see sellers making consistently that, that, that's limiting their, their potential? Yeah, so really for, for the ones, the clients that I work closely with, it really comes down to kind of four, four key areas that I still see, no matter how much we talk about it, that I, I still see some challenges uh, uh, as they're making some of these mistakes. First one is product selection. Uh, the second one is time to market. The third one is not ever having enough inventory, especially during that launch phase. Uh, and then the fourth one is not investing the time, the money to get the best product listing, the best pictures out there. You know, that obviously is going to have a big impact on your conversion rate. So, you know, when you think about product selection uh, for the people that are investing their time in private labeling and building out brands and those types of things, you know, I still see new, I still see seasoned sellers going after super competitive products, uh, maybe ranked like in the top 1000 in a category on Amazon, massive review counts on page one, uh, you know, super competitive, 20 pages worth of, of, of listings with similar products on it. Uh, and it comes down, it's, it's really an ultimate recipe for disaster uh, where many people, especially starting, they stop after their first product because they didn't select the, the right one. And so, you know, we, we really suggest for, for our, our clients, the key is really looking for those middle range products, you know, five to 7,000 rank, lower limited competition, low barriers to entry to allow you to organically rank on page one. Um, you know, there's been some studies, Brett, done around um, just buyer behavior on Amazon. And there's a small percentage, and if I remember right, like around 30% of shoppers click to page two before they add something to their cart. So that tells us typically they're they're on page one, they see something they like that they they feel good about, they're gonna add it to the cart. And so 70% of people are doing that. And so, um, you know, for us to have good success on Amazon, uh, we really need to make our, our goal to be on page one. And, and that takes us picking the right product. So that's, that's huge. Um, the time to market piece, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people struggle with um, mainly from just not knowing for sure to pull the trigger or not. So uh, private labeling, again, it's greatly increased on Amazon's, uh, on Amazon's platform. There's lots of third-party sellers that were not previously doing private label that over the past couple of years have jumped in and started doing it. Uh, but man, there are, are thousands of products. I mean, we're uncovering multiple products every single day as we research and finding great products with the right criteria to, that we can launch 
and make a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, even more dollars every month by by launching those products. So, my my encouragement to the community that I work with is that time to market is key. From the time you find that product opportunity, uh, you need to look at how you can streamline your processes to get it as quickly to the market as possible because things do change, and you don't want time to be the thing that that comes back to kind of bite you. So. Um, and then the last two, really not not having enough inventory to launch, really kind of comes down to two situations that I see uh, see sellers struggling. The first one is due to fear or some other motivating factor, uh, a seller will invest in a low amount of inventory when they're doing a product launch, uh, and it always fails. And maybe they don't even launch it the correct way because they don't want to give enough a product away to get ranked and whatever the process is. Or situation number two, a seller commits to launching strong, but they really fail to order enough inventory and it takes them back to square one. They go out of stock and that's detrimental to ranking on Amazon. And so having enough stock during that launch phase and doing it right from the beginning is super critical. Uh, and it's changed uh, back in, I think it was October 2016, Amazon changed their terms of service around giving away discounted product in exchange for honest reviews. They asked that because they did studies and saw that you know, it was more inclined for people to give a positive review if they got a, a discount on a product. Right, right. And so, obviously, they're they're, they're going to control their uh, their their review system because that's a, a huge component of buyer yeah, confidence. They want they want to maintain the integrity of those reviews. Yeah, because they kind of they kind of you know can live and die by that in some ways. Absolutely. And so, you know, that change is still affecting a lot of sellers today. And how do I launch a product? How do I do that correctly? Uh, not a whole lot has changed, just a small component of that. Um, but it's still important to make sure that that stock level is is there. And, and then the last one, obviously, you guys know this from a Google shopping perspective and, and website conversions and things like that. But having a, a an optimized listing is key and not only just optimized for desktop, but mobile is is massive as we see mobile sales continuing to just skyrocket. So product listing, product keywords, product pictures, all of those things that that directly impact conversion of a sale on on our, our product listings. We have to invest the time and energy to get it done right uh, and not let that be an area that we skimp on. So those those are really the four that I see uh, uh, sellers still struggling today. Yeah, that's great. And and it is interesting. We see this even with larger companies that, that are that are trying to do more on Amazon. Maybe their website is the the primary driver of online sales and they're they're getting into the Amazon game. And, and we see that a lot where they're they're not thinking through their titles and they've only got one or two product images and they're not very good. And then they're not thinking about the bullet points and some of those other other areas. So so yeah, managing that listing and, and making that listing a rock star is so, so important. Absolutely. Yep, very cool. Uh, so Mr. Chris Tyler, from your perspective, the, the Amazon ad side of things, you know, what are two or three recurring mistakes that you see sellers making? Yeah, so from the ad side and from what I've seen, and a lot of this is just from doing the audits, and these are the big two uh, that stand out, is um, they have a poor campaign structure or what I like to call lazy advertising, or they have not optimized for product page and backend, which while it's not an ad, um, it, it becomes an ad issue if it's not optimized. Um, and so... When it comes to uh, the campaign structure, what I see normally is there's like three stages, right? So either they've got the auto campaigns running, um, and as we know, automatic campaigns, Amazon decides what search queries to show the product for. Um, they base it off of your 
product page, your title, bullet points, your backend search term keywords, and a few other things. Uh, they normally do pretty well, um, and you can change the bid on those, but that's all you can do. But most people that we you know, um, do audits for kind of stop there, and so they have no growth. You know, They do okay initially, and then they just they're stagnant. Um, the next level is to take the keywords that are converting, um, move those into manual campaigns at the three match type. Um, and just as a side note, when I make campaigns that are manual and I have those three match types, I like to put them in different ad groups. A lot of people throw all three into one ad group, but it gets a little confusing when you have the same keyword you're bidding on three times. Um, so just as a side note, I would recommend doing them as different ad groups. But what we find is if people move them into manual campaigns, and we've got some we've got some resources we can put in the show notes too to talk about those three match types. So it's it's phrase exact and broad, and we don't need to necessarily get into what those are right now, but just allows for for different types of targeting based on the search query that that someone is typing into Amazon. So we'll, we'll link to some resources in the show notes. Yep, thanks, Brett. Yep. yep. Um, so the second stage, if 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 they're not in the first stage with just running auto campaigns is they started with the auto campaign. They ran maybe the keyword search term report once, and that's where all the data lies, um, and that's under advertising reports. Um, they'll run that once. They'll pull what's converting and put it into a manual campaign and then just set it and forget it. Uh, and, and that's a big majority of what I see. And what happens is initially what converts is more of the generic keyword. So for an example, someone that we looked at recently sold uh, air dehumidifiers, air purifiers, and they were at this stage. So their manual campaign, so for example, their air dehumidifier, the keyword they were targeting was air dehumidifier. That was all they were targeting. So their A cost was high, their cost per click was high, because the more generic and competitive the keyword, the more you'll pay, the higher CPC, and then it just won't convert as well because it's so broad. And, and so I ran another report and what I was seeing was actually converting was air dehumidifier for mold, air dehumidifier for allergies. You know, those longer tail, more specific keywords are going to cost you less, have a lower A cost and allow you to scale up your ads for more sales. And so that's huge. And so what we're seeing is people just aren't doing the, the time needed and in my opinion, that's the biggest thing because um, I do Google shopping as well. And that is a lot more intricate when it comes to Amazon. It's really just look at the data, see what's converting, know your goal, where a cost you want to be, and then build out your manual campaign. But it's not you do it once or you do it once a month. I mean, I'm in accounts two, three times a week, really just making sure that everything's up to date, that we're growing it. Um, and I would say probably 75% of Amazon sellers are not in their accounts enough, um, really utilizing the data to build what they've already set up. And I think that's really just stagnant growth for them and they're losing out on a ton of sales through that. Yeah, and it's interesting. We we often see even even people that are spending like thirty grand a month on Amazon ads, sometimes they're not in the account all that much either. And we're like, whoa, this is crazy. You need to be in here all the time, uh, optimizing this thing, and in some of those accounts, you know, you're in there daily, making changes. And so, uh, so I guess if we if we had to be like uh, tough love, you know, and, and life coaches for people, we'd say stop being lazy, and <laughs> exactly, get, and get after it. So, uh, okay, good, man, that, that's awesome stuff. So, 
You know, we, we broke records, and I say we, uh, the e-commerce community, right, broke records over the Cyber Five week, you know, and, and it, was, it was pretty amazing. So uh, Black Friday broke online sales records, and then Cyber Monday broke those again. And I think, I think Cyber Monday was $6.59 billion. Uh, which, which is pretty phenomenal. And uh, over a uh, billion dollars of that was on mobile, which is crazy. And, and so uh, huge, huge days, all kinds of records being set. But let, let's talk about, uh, just again, from the seller perspective, Brandon, you know, what, what did you notice with, with your own Amazon business, with some in your community? You know, how, did the, how did the Cyber 5 compare this year versus last year better worse same what where how did it kind of stack up sure you know i <laughs> it's constantly amazing when you when you see those numbers right that that are thrown up around online sales and you see projections going you know into 2020 and all those types of things but you know when you have a, a company like amazon that accounts for over half of all online sales on a black friday i mean that's a huge number obviously showing dominance they're going to be around for a really long time and so it is, it, it's a no brainer that all of us that have a product to sell should be selling on their platform. We should be. And if we're not, it's, it's silly. Uh, for us personally, um, I would say we saw on Black Friday about a 20% increase from last year. So that was good. Um, I, it could be from us having a little bit more product in our portfolio than we did last year. Uh, some of our new brands and things that, that we've developed, you know, throughout 2017, um, really it came down to cyber Monday really being the shocker for us. We saw about a 70% increase wow. in our sales from last year. And really that was, uh, about 40% higher than what we had projected to have. And so, uh, you know, we, we ran into some inventory challenges and, Q4 beyond Cyber Monday, uh, just because the sales continue to explode beyond, you know, beyond what we would imagine or project. So, um, you know, we were we were super excited. And then overall, honestly, uh, Cyber Monday beyond uh, into you know the holidays prior to Christmas, uh, we just we can't keep all of our stuff in stock. It just flies off the shelf, uh, and we ordered way more than we thought we would need this year, and it continues to fly off the shelf. So, you know, it's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's kind of hard to to use enough hyperbole to accurately describe Amazon's growth, right? I think I think I heard was it was the last quarter. It was, was pre holiday. You know, Amazon gained, they gained like $8 billion in market share. And so there's something like they, they grew a JC Penney's and a Sears combined or something, <laughs> something you know, nutty like that. And so it's, sure. it's continuing to, to grow. I know just anecdotally uh, looking at our shopping behavior over the, the holidays. And, and you know, we have, we have eight kids. And so my wife is crazy busy all the time. But we had Amazon boxes everywhere. Like I had to crawl through them to get, you know, inside the house. And so... Uh, and, and, you know, even looking at like my in-laws and other people that are, you know, that are maybe that haven't been huge online spenders, that, that, that they're, they're getting in on this as well. So that's absolutely really interesting. Um, so, so Chris, let, let's talk about it from the ad perspective. What, what did you see this year, you know, in kind of comparing and contrasting maybe or just, just anything that was interesting about, you know, who did well over the Cyber 5, any, any takeaways from the, the ad side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really interesting to note that really no one did bad when it came to sales for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Um, some of the categories didn't do as well, like skincare compared to um, 
we had a couple of clients that were in kids toys or kids accessories that just blew up and that was to be expected, you know, coming up to Christmas, um, that those would be different. Um, the, the increase was pretty big on average, uh, black Friday sales were up across the board, 15 to 25%. Um, cyber Monday was 35 to 45%. And that's for some of the more established ones as well. Uh, the clients, um, and what was really interesting, we had a client that last year had uh, Black Friday lightning deals going on, uh, and they did really well. Um, this year, we talked about it, and we decided not to do it. Um, there's always a place for lightning deals, but it's getting more competitive. Uh, the cost is going up. So we kind of took and, a little bit of a risk. Offer, you got to offer a pretty substantial discount, right? To get in on yes. the, the lightning deal. Sometimes your profit margin, you know, drops from like 20, 30% to like 5%, if if, if that at all. Um, so we decided, you know, we're not going to do go with that. And it was really interesting to see that they still were in that average. I think Black Friday, they were up 15% and then Cyber Monday, like 30, 35. Um, and they were ecstatic because the money they saved and then the profit margin um, not having to drop as much. Yeah, their 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 profit margin was maybe you know triple, double or triple or more, and total top line sales grew as well, which is pretty phenomenal. Right, and then one thing going up to it, really, all the our clients you know messaged me and like, how do I prepare? What do I got to do? We read this article or that article. Um, and, and there's a ton of people out there that wrote yeah. stuff. And yeah, like, should, should I bid way up or should I bid way down or what, you know, what should I do? Right. We, we saw articles saying both things, which was interesting. Right. And, and so what I did is just the normal optimizations with, the the idea of really getting down to the A cost or the goal that we really want. So what I did is I bid down on anything that performed well, but not great. Um, kept everything obviously that was performing well and just monitor it. You know, I was just in the accounts daily um, from Black Friday to Cyber Monday, make sure nothing um, got out of hand in terms of spend. Maybe one day it was high and then I just bid down on it. Um, and just kind of being diligent and keeping an eye on it was my mentality. And it worked. You know, we didn't have to go crazy. Uh, the, the other thing I just pulled um, our clients was make sure you have the inventory. Um, and I don't think anyone sold out, sold out, which was good because it's interesting after Black Friday that really starts the online shopping season. Um, so really up to, you know, a few days before Christmas, everything just stays up. Obviously not as high as Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but you need to be prepared to have that inventory available for that whole, you know, a little bit more than a month um, just because sales are, are, are so much higher that that period. Yeah, good stuff, and and I'm really excited to see how things continue to grow this year. I think I think the the pace is going to to stay the same or or even increase a little bit. So it should should be an awesome year. Um, let's talk about something that that I'm fascinated with, and and this is part of why I wanted to have Brandon on the show. I, I follow Brandon on Facebook, and so Brandon's always posting really really fascinating things about Amazon in general and Amazon versus Walmart and things like that. And, and so, you know, not only are you an Amazon seller, but I think you've got the finger on the pulse of, you know, what's going on with these major retailers. And, you know, from, from my perspective, and I think it's, it's similar for you, it's kind of like, hey, as, as entrepreneurs, where can we sell our product? You know, and, and, and while we love the, the potential and the benefits that Amazon brings, I, I, don't, I don't want that to be the only game in town. Um, so, so what are your, what are your thoughts on Walmart? Cause you know, I, I hear different things. Like I remember I listened to a, a Gary V uh, podcast from months and months ago and he, he believes Walmart's going to die, that it's already, it's already a foregone conclusion that all, all Walmart's dead. 
Uh, you have other people that are pretty bullish about Walmart, and, and, and I would I would lean towards that camp personally. But uh, Brandon, because I know you look at this. First of all, what, what do you think Walmart's chances are to give Amazon some real competition? And then and then what are you kind of excited to see unfold? in 2018 but between these two yeah i i probably am in the same camp brett as you um i don't think that walmart is dead uh and i don't think they will be anytime soon um you know obviously amazon and walmart ha have had a different structure amazon's been completely online walmart has been really strictly retail they've had some online sales and, and things like that but have not put a lot of emphasis energy time money investment into their online space and so i i'm super intrigued to watch these two, these mammoth companies kind of battle it out in the online space. Amazon obviously has a huge advantage. They're, they're a huge lead out of the gate in the online space with their logistics setup, two-day shipping, obviously the market share that we've talked about, 50% of, of, of shoppers on Black Friday made purchases on Amazon. And so Walmart has some serious catching up to do in, the, in relation to not only their, their, their platform for buyers, so website uh, purchases, but also for sellers. And so, you know, if you, if you jump on walmart.com today, it looks like walmart.com looked, you know, a year ago, they haven't made significant amount of changes. And I think if they were smart, they would model something similar to the, the Amazons and the Shopify's and, and things like that. They would watch leaders in the industry and, and Walmart is doing that. They're making, uh, watching Amazon closely and, and setting up their shop. Um, but I, I see a huge opportunity there that they need to continue. And then really for sellers on the back end, we, we have all of our products on walmart.com. Uh, they don't allow Amazon to fulfill those orders. So that's kind of ro a roadblock that stops a lot of people in, you know, needing to get a third party fulfillment center. But the biggest challenge for sellers is, you know, their backend system is still very, very challenging. It requires a third party, uh, a third party application to push any pricing updates, any listing updates via an API so that uh, everything can be what it needs to be on their site. So, you know, compared to an Amazon where I can go in and make any changes I want to on my listing today and they're active in, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, uh, Walmart is not the case. And so um, it'll, it'll be interesting. Obviously, like the, the Jet.com acquisition back in 2016, that was a huge move. Not only did they gain, you know, their knowledge of, of the company that was growing super fast, but the CEO, I think his name is uh, Mark Lore. Mark Lore. To head yeah. up there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, brilliant guy. And he's already, you know, got them in, in and off to the races. So, really, honestly, for me, it's going to be watching them kind of both use their unique advantages over one another. You know, Walmart still has a, a huge retail footprint across the United States. So how do they use that to kind of leverage and push their online sales and, and increase distribution through those? Um, I, I really feel they're both going to be here for quite a while and, uh, and we should all be selling on both of them. Yeah. Do you, uh, back to the kind of the fulfillment center issue, have you heard any rumors or, or do you get the sense that Walmart might open up some of their distribution centers, kind of like the Amazon fulfillment centers. Like, do you think they'll they'll be a fulfilled by Walmart for sellers? Are you getting any any indication or, or hear any rumors about that? I've not heard any rumors or have seen any kind of writing on the wall based on some of the changes they're making to kind of cater towards sellers. Uh, I, I really think their their main goal is to obviously improve their online experience. 
and to start trying to pull over uh, some of the market share from from the the folks like Amazon. Um, you know, one of the things that they are doing, obviously, Walmart has been known in the past as a low price leader with a rollback pricing in their stores and all those types of things. But um, they are taking a little bit different view on their online space and maybe not being the low cost leader in the online space uh, and then offering luxury brands to come on their their website to sell. So they're they're looking for ways to compete with Amazon. They've got a long road ahead, um, but I, I would be challenged to, to see them really kind of create an, an FBA type structure for uh, for sellers. Uh, I think that's a, a massive undertaking. Yeah, that, that'd be a pretty radical, pretty radical departure from the way they've always done distribution centers. So I, th- I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, diversifying into even higher end things on walmart.com. But if you think about it, you know, some of the stigma of, hey, I don't like to shop in a Walmart because it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not my type of thing or I don't like the experience or whatever. That kind of goes out the window if the, the online checkout experience is good and I can buy uh, high-end brands at a good price on walmart.com. I think there's going to be a lot of people that will will jump on that. And, and you know, one of the things that, that we've witnessed, and, and you mentioned this, you know, that, that both are going to have to play off their strengths you know, there's still more money spent in in physical stores than online, and it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Uh, and and you know, one thing that Walmart's done a pretty good job of, and we've used this ourselves, is the, the buy online and pick up in store. Yes. And you know, again, you know, big family. My wife doesn't want to get you know everybody out and into you know multiple carts and push them around and stuff. Sure. So we've done the buy online, pick up in store, and it's pretty slick. Like Walmart is really putting time and energy into that, and they've you know. Uh, re- rebuilt like these canopies and pickup area and you know you can check in on the app when you're there and it's a pretty good experience so I think that's going to bode well and and then you've also got this difference where you know Amazon Prime Amazon price uh, Amazon Prime households are typically a little bit little bit higher income so 75k uh, and up in in annual household income and Walmart has kind of historically lived, you know, a little around that or below that in some ways. And so sure. um, I, I think they're they're hitting a little bit different audience as well. So anyway, going to be fascinating. I fully agree with you. Like wherever you can sell your products, do that and, and try to capitalize on it. I think, I think Walmart will continue to grow. So uh, let's talk about, let, let's let's uh, predict the future here just a little bit. And we don't have to be wild or, or channel our, our inner Nostradamus uh, here too much, but... You know what? What changes are you guys most excited about for 2018? And and so you know, along with that, like what what should sellers be ready for? You know, as we as we move into to 2018, and and Brandon, we'll we'll keep the tradition going and, and let you uh, hit this first. Uh, it is hard to predict the future when it comes to Amazon. Um, they are are notorious of making changes that can affect us both in a good way uh, and in a not so good way. And so uh, for 2018, you know, I, I was well, in- the cra- and the crazy part, the crazy part is not to interrupt, but but the crazy part yeah. is you, you talk to you, even if you talk to different teams at Amazon, some of them don't even know what's going to happen. Right. Because, sure. of, because of the, the, the small autonomous teams that that Amazon is made up of, which it really works in their favor. They're able to innovate and, and their speed to do things is, is remarkable. Yeah, not only can we not predict, but sometimes internally, you know, some people at Amazon don't even know what's gonna <laughs> gonna happen next. So, so yeah, sure, sure, yeah. I I really just look for Amazon to continue to build their platform again around catering towards towards brands and towards building those brands. Uh, I, I think they're going to continue to look for uh, acquiring big business uh, in big retail box store business in 2018. You know, there's recent articles here in the news that Target may be 
in in their view and so no what way. does that mean and yeah so it's it's interesting I can again I don't know if that's just rumor uh, space at this point but uh, the reality is and obviously they they want to continue to acquire uh, like they did Whole Foods this last year and uh, and leverage those big companies and those again trusted buyers to bring them on their platform and 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 serve those so uh, I think they'll continue to acquire big box retail business in 2018 and obviously that that's in shock waves you know across the board uh, into some different areas but you know specific to their platforms specific to merchants like myself and many others you know I, I think they're going to continue to build their site catering towards brand uh, the biggest advantage obviously high performing sellers will have over others is having that brand line that supports their customer base versus you know one onesie twosie products that that we pick up over the 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 time and then really honestly brett i think one of the the things i'm most excited about in 2018 that relates somewhat to amazon i guess yeah i guess it directly relates to them um is influencer marketing is a huge huge topic right now in the online space uh, and basically that meaning that uh, i would find someone with with a, a huge following already on instagram or within facebook or um, or um, YouTube and and market our products to them, uh, offer them discounted free product if they would promote it to their community. Obviously, that can create a huge buzz and and could in, even be viral. So influencer marketing and and not, I'm not even thinking like the Kardashian world, right, you know, going right. that big, but yeah. even my, micro influencers, you know, people that have fifty thousand followers, you would be surprised at what type of, of uh, conversions you get from someone recommending your product. So that's exciting to continue to watch as a part of our business plan for next year is to uh, make sure influencer marketing is uh, is a focus for us and, and see how it impacts our sales overall. So you, you don't think you could call up you know Kim and Kanye and and get them to 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 rep some of your products. I mean, I, I think uh, don't don't limit yourself, Brandon. You know. Yeah, I know uh, Kanye could probably rap on some <laughs> of our our products and okay. create some things. No, yeah. no, they're they're not on our wish list. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we've made some good connections already in 2017. You know, I think that will bode well for us. So yeah, and it, it's super exciting, and we're seeing this a lot too. It's it's not an area that we that we work much in, but because we're you know working with big marketing teams and and running their search in Amazon and and other things. Uh, you know, we're especially like in the beauty space and home space, influencer marketing, man, it's super powerful. And and, and a lot of times it's kind of the mid-tier or lower, you know, people that, that have a decent following and a really close niche following. Uh, I mean, they're, they're great to work with and they can drive sales and and they, they don't have the diva status of a Kardashian. And so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, 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 that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I just want to reemphasize your, your talk about brands. The future is bright for brands. So if you've got a brand with a community around it and you're innovating and people want your product and they love your product and they they connect with you, you're going to have so many opportunities to grow, you know, through through Google traffic and organic traffic and and influencer marketing and and yes, Amazon. Like Amazon wants good brands and yes, they're getting into their own private label and yes, they'll be competitors in some spaces, but if you've got a brand that people want and people love, there's going to be room for you and, and you're going to continue to grow. If you're kind of a middle person where you're reselling other people's goods and you don't have much of an identity and you don't have a brand, uh, look out. I mean, not that you can't succeed, but there's going to be constant pressure to squeeze out the middleman and that that's just going to continue. So um, good, good. Well, Chris, so what, what are you excited about? What are you most excited about for 2018? What should sellers be ready for uh, on the ad platform? 
Yeah, so like you guys said, it's basically impossible to know exactly what Amazon's going to do. Um, but I'm excited for what new options Amazon's going to add to Seller Central. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to come from Vendor Central uh, AMS. And so, you know, just like they did with headline ads and enhanced brand content, um, there's still options in Vendor Central that haven't moved over yet. Not that they 100% will, but I think there's a good chance. So like product display ads, um, they just added A++ plus uh, content to Vendor Central. Um, that's not the official name, but it's just uh, more in-depth enhanced brand content. Um, and I think it would be wise to keep an eye on Vendor Central and see what gets added there. Um because I think that will trickle down or a variation of it will trickle down to Seller Central. Um, and something else that really is me just being hopeful uh, because I do Google shopping a little bit as well. Um, Amazon sponsored products, um, the, the, the way you can do with the ads is very limited. It's way behind Google shopping or really any other advertising platform. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll add more options like day parting, geo-targeting, device bid adjustments, demographic, really anything that would allow you to, to really just get more granular with uh, how you deliver the ads. And I think as it builds out, which Amazon and Amazon ads are just exploding, I think more options will be added. Um, so just keeping an eye on that. And then one, the last thing, uh, not that it's exciting, but I think it's going to continue to get more competitive for the ads. And there's pros and cons to it because as Amazon grows, um, so is the opportunity. But being in the account becomes that much more important because those CPCs will, or, you know, will start to move up. Um, you know, your niche might not be as you know, simple as it was before. You, more competitors will come in. Um, so just something to keep an eye on um, is that I think it's just going to get more competitive from the ad standpoint. Yeah, and, and even Amazon looking at going beyond its own platform, you know, and, and trying to, to take a bigger chunk of the digital ad spend dollars. And so maybe having Amazon ads on other platforms driving people back to Amazon. And so, yeah, I, I think there's going to continue. I know there's going to continue to be innovations. And like you said, Chris, some things that started at Vendor Central now being available for Seller Central or... or Things that are available for 1P sellers now be, being available for 3P sellers. And then just, just them expanding. And I mean, you know, Amazon doesn't break out their advertising revenue specifically, but, but I've seen and heard estimates it's like, you know, four or five billion dollars a year, which is just crazy huge. That's their ad revenue when they're really a retailer. Um, and it's going to just continue to grow. So, so super interesting to watch and uh, capitalize on. And, and yeah, I mean, we welcome the competition. You know, I think the way, you know, listeners as entrepreneurs should look at it is as competition ramps up, you know, if you have skill or if you have a good team, you can, you can do well and, 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 and strong competition can actually work in your favor in some ways. So well, let's wrap up with this, guys. This has been phenomenal. Uh, we've kind of flown through our, our uh, nearly hour, uh, which is awesome. So let, let's kind of wrap up with this. Like, what, what's, your, what's your best advice? You know, if you uh, had to distill it down to just a few tips, you know, for a seller, how to really crush it in 2018. You know, Brandon, what, what are your top two or three tips and nuggets? I think the first thing is honestly just taking massive action. So whatever your goals are for 2018, like the, the actions that you take to achieve those goals, 
this year need to be substantial. Um, and so, you know, one of the exercises uh, that I was able to go through at a conference recently, which was kind of interesting, really opened up my mind to, you know, take bigger action in our business was um, the the speaker at the time, they had us write down whatever our sales goal or profit goal, either one was for the next year. And we would write that number down on that piece of paper. And then they told us to write another zero on the end of that number. Nice. Um, and to set our sights for that goal and to develop a plan around what actions it would take to achieve that. And so kind of that 10x mentality, um, which which is super cool. So um, I I would just encourage everyone to take massive action for established companies out there, find ways to expand your products to as many marketplaces as you can, streamline your processes, you know, find the right applications to work with to make it easy, easy to manage uh, for yourself and your team. And then for new sellers, it would be launch product, launch product, launch product. So do, do adequate product research and evaluation and then launch those products because uh, they will stick. They will if you're doing it the right way. So that, that would be the first one is, is massive action. Um, and then the, the last two uh, really kind of, uh, and I'll, I'll even kind of lean towards uh, the experts like you guys that uh, have so much experience in developing successful PPC campaigns and Google shopping campaigns. Um, my, the second one is really to find a mentor who's, who's walked the road before you and can, can give advice to kind of shortcut some of the, the mistakes that um, some of us make along the way and, and help us avoid those. And then to outsource uh, your weakness. And so don't focus on what you can't do, but focus on what you can and what's working well. The things that would take a lot of time to learn, a lot of energy uh, to you know master, find other folks like OMG that are out there um, and, and allow them to do the work for you because they're in it every single day and they know exactly what needs to happen. And so that's a huge strategy for us this next year is to really outsource some of the areas that either I'm not passionate about or it's not a strength area for me uh, and let the experts handle that and, and just set realistic goals. I mean, it's, it's amazing what a couple hours a day can do. Uh, if, if you're not currently in the online space and you want to invest a couple hours, uh, it's amazing what the couple hours a day can do to really start accelerating your growth there. And even for established companies to say, you know what, we're going to have uh, our team invest a couple hours out of their week into really developing strategy around the online space. Uh, it makes a, a big difference. So massive action, find mentors, outsource your weaknesses and and set those goals and, and continue to pursue them for 2018. I love it. I love it. And thanks for the plug, man. I guess, I guess I owe you now. I gotta, I gotta. No, not at all. Not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. So good stuff. Chris, from your perspective, from the ad perspective, you know, what, what's your best advice for 2018? What, what two or three things should, should sellers be doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the three things I have uh, are the first is optimize your product pages. It's not super exciting. But if you take the time to optimize your title, bullet points, your search term keywords, this is going to affect how you show in organic results, but also help your advertising campaigns, help the keywords you're bidding on uh, become more relevant with your product page, which will help lower your cost per click, uh, lower your A cost, and help you show more. Um, The second would be, I know I mentioned it a lot, but spend time in your advertising campaigns. You know, set up the automatic campaigns build off those into the manual campaigns and then continually weekly build those manual campaigns out and continue to grow those. Um, the third would be at, if you're, you know, your own brand, 
get brand registered right away and take full advantage of what Amazon is offering. That's the Amazon storefront, the enhanced brand content and headline ads. And we all know they're going to keep adding stuff for that. Um, so if you haven't done that already, I think that's the most important. And uh, those three would really help you build out in 2018. Awesome. Guys, this has been a ton of fun. We will have to do uh, more like this in the coming year. We'll, we'll have several Amazon-focused episodes just for everyone to be kind of aware of and anticipating. Uh, Brandon, for those that are listening and saying, man, not only does that guy have a silky smooth voice, but he is interesting and he knows his stuff. I'd like to connect with him. How can people connect with you, Brandon? Well, thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. No, uh, probably not silky smooth these days. Uh, I tell you what, the uh, the winter has definitely taken a, a hit on our house. We've had some colds and stuff happen, Dude, so it's been. Um, yeah, I have to work on it. Uh, I'll, I'll take notes from you, though. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I, I the best way to connect with us, uh, our, our website is actually very close to having a full redesign. But you can uh, go to a freedomshark.com. We've got a link there. We have a, a free community uh, where we. Share share a lot of information about Amazon, have dialogue. Uh, we actually have some awesome uh, plans for 2018 coming up that we'll be releasing this month. And so I uh, would definitely connect with us, freedomshark.com, click the link to Facebook, uh, and then you can uh, get involved in what we're doing there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandon. Really, really good yeah, stuff. My pleasure. And and Chris Chris Tyler, thanks, thanks to you too, man. Uh, awesome stuff. You know, you were Willing, maybe not super excited to be on the podcast, but I got to say you crushed it. So I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Absolutely. man. Glad to be here. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, Chris is on my team. Like I said, he leads the Amazon team. Guys crushing it. If you want Chris to give you an Amazon audit, that is something we are currently doing as a complimentary thing. We'll, we'll see how long that uh, keeps up as, as Chris gets completely uh, full with that. But if you'd like Chris to do an, an audit of your Amazon account, we'd be happy to help omgcommerce.com. And with that, thanks everybody for tuning in. Please share your feedback. We'd love to get your review on iTunes. That helps other people discover this show. And, and please give us feedback. What would you like to hear more of, less of? Give us some topic ideas for the new year. We will be featuring more merchant success stories. We have a couple of those lined up. And uh, just really excited, excited about this year. So thanks everybody for tuning in. And until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.